Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Certainly, it's um, what you call a, a quality crowd, not a quantity crowd this morning, which is fine. So you just heard that wonderful story uh, in the gospel reading. It's, I suppose what you call, it, it, it's a conversion story, okay? Where Jesus, with this uh, foreign woman, uh, led her through a process whereby at the end of the story, she became a believer. So I, I'd just like to ask the question, this group here today, how many of you, how many of you are actually what we call converts who have changed your religion? Just a, a show of hands, okay? Okay, quite, quite, quite a few. It would be worth asking, which I'm not going to do, by the way, but it would be worth asking the question, you know, um, why do you change number one? Uh, what was your background, your denominational background or whatever? And was it somebody that was, um, gave you just, uh, what should I say, um, good example that, you know, you felt that this is something you had to do? The majority, what you find, the majority of people who change their faith come from other Christian denominations. Uh, some people ha have no religion at birth and sort of gradually grow into the Catholic Church. Uh, also you find the occasional Jew who becomes, uh, who becomes Catholic. Uh, when you talk about Muslims and that, that other world religions, uh, not that many converts, not that many converts from there. Anyway, we think of the whole question of conversion this morning and we think that for some people it's easy for other people, they get a certain distance, they go a certain distance and then they get stuck. They're not able to sort of go from there to the end. They're what you call, they're what you call seekers. They're sort of seeking, but all of a sudden they've lost their direction. Uh, so they need some kind of a, a hook to, in a sense, move them on to a new place. And you find that with that lady this morning with Jesus, uh, that Jesus used a hook, if you will, at a particular point in time. Now that lady was difficult, probably the most difficult of all. It was, it was almost as if she was alienated to his very presence. But when they reached a certain stage in the dialogue, he caught her attention. That he, he sort of threw that hook, if you will, and she caught it. He talked to her about the possibility of giving her living water. Now, if you heard that, that doesn't mean much to you because all you have to do is turn on the tap, you have hot water, cold, you have whatever you like. But think of people living, living in a desert situation. If you listen to that reading from the Old Testament, for example, where the Jewish people wandering through the des desert and they're literally parched and they cry out to God for mercy, okay? And Moses, Moses is sort of at his wit's end in terms of what he should do. So he asked God for, for help. So eventually we know that the water uh, flowed freely from the rock. But think of that, think of that lady also uh, coming to the well at noon to draw water. And again, a desert situation. And uh, to come at the well, to the well at, at midday uh, would, would not be a pleasant experience at all. So when she heard about the possibility of living water, her ears, her ears perked up. But she said to him, you know, it's easy for you to say that. But keep in mind, number one, number one, that you have, you have no bucket. And the well 
is deep. And then we come to the very center of the story, where, where, where Jesus said to her, he says, he says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will become like a fountain springing up to eternal life. And her response, of course, is where she, where she took the hook. She said to him, sir, she says, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty again and that I may never have to come to this well in order to draw water. So from that time onwards to the end of the story, he has caught this big fish. And so the end of the story, of course, is that she became, she became a follower. She became what we call a transformed person in Jesus Christ. And not alone did she do that for herself, but she was so turned on, so excited by the experience that she went and invited the townspeople to come out to meet him. And in the process, many other people were transformed as well. So we think of that story today, and we have a small group here today who are, who are, who are going through the process of, of conversion. And certainly, our prayer is with you. But remember, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And ultimately, we cannot transform you, but if you go through the process and open, open your hearts to his loving care, that you can be quite sure that you're going to, you yourself are going to be transformed in the process as well. So having said all of that here today, remember that when we think of conversion, it's not just about changing your religion, it's something more fundamental as well. That is, conversion is about changing your life. It's about turn away from sin, turn back to God. And in many ways, this is what the, what the Lenten season is about. It's the reason why Lent even exists. It's a time to, in a sense, reflect. It's a time to, to look inward, to look at our own inner selves and ask ourselves the question, to what extent am I con fully converted to the Lord or do I have, do I have a, lot long, a lot farther to go? And you know, as, as we sort of go about our day and our weeks and the year, our years, there is the possibility with regard to our faith that we sort of, we sort of uh, go along in order to get along. There is the possibility that we take, that we take shortcuts. Uh, there is the possibility that sort of our moral compass really is based upon what other people are doing. So if what they're doing is okay, it has to be okay for me also. Whereas we never, you know, if we're really true to our faith, we never measure ourselves against what other people are doing. Rather, we measure ourselves against the Ten Commandments and against the Lord Jesus Christ and his way of life. So I just encourage you during this time, and it is a scary time, as you all know. It is a time to reflect upon who I am as an individual and uh, where I am in my relationship to the Lord and his church. Unfortunately, uh, tomorrow evening, uh, our penance service has been canceled. Uh, so you might say, well, I really would like to avail of the sacrament of penance in order to, in a sense, uh, bring about that conversion experience in my life. But you, you canceled our penance service. Well, uh, 
yes, the panel service is cancelled, but on Monday, Wednesday, and uh, Saturday mornings after the 8 o'clock Mass, we will have the opportunity for individual confessions. And also, if you would just like to come in and meet a priest, and we were sort of footloose and fancy-free during these days because a lot of the things we're doing have been cancelled. So uh, we're sort of at our wit's end in terms of trying to figure out what we do with ourselves. So if, you, if perchance you feel the need, the need to avail you know, of a, a private confession with the priest and the rectory uh, in the parish office, then just call and we'll be happy to take care of it. So that's really what we're about today. We're about the conversion experience. And as this, this a small group here goes through, they're a step in the, in, the, in the process today. We ask you again to pray for them, but also it's an opportunity to think of your own situation and to make sure that you are right with the Lord during this very challenging time in our lives today.